0: Transmission incoming over. Copy that transmission received. You're listening to the Patriot Radio Network. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. So a couple quick news articles I want to cover this morning. So topic number one. The COVID stimulus round three will be hitting this week. So if you are a family of four and you fall within the marginal tax return bracket that qualifies you, you will be receiving $5,600 maybe as soon as this week. Uh, On top of that, they have a new program where they're going to be giving you a larger tax break for having children. So it's going to go from $2,000 to $3,600 and then they're just going to pay that out throughout the course of the year with basically a form of UBI, if you will. So that's all very interesting because we know that this plays hell on the economy. Inflation will rise tenfold, whatever they give us, because they only give us about 9% of that $1.9 trillion bill. So that $5,600 is going to cost you $50,000 in inflation. And it's not right obviously but what do you do about all that you know so a lot of people are putting their money in crypto which I don't know maybe that's a good idea maybe it causes a bubble so and a lot of people are buying real estate because interest rates are absolute rock bottom but they are going up slightly so there's going to be a real estate bubble so there's going to be a lot of bubbles popping. There's going to be an inflation bubble, a real estate bubble, a crypto bubble. There's going to be a stock market bubble, right? Because people who have brains take this $5,600 plus the other, I don't know, 10,000 we've already gotten, and they try to do something smart with it by investing, right? So if you're going to invest, there's really only a couple of options. You can buy real estate, You can buy things in the stock market like GameStop, you can buy cryptocurrency, or you can buy physical gold and silver. But, you know, that's generally speaking, that's about it, really. Um, Other than that, you're paying off debt or just saving it and doing nothing, which is probably the worst idea. So it's going to create a lot of asset bubbles in a lot of different places. They're basically guaranteeing that the economy is going to crash, and they're trying to do everything they can to expedite that, so much so that... Biden turns around the next day after signing the check on the uh, 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus and says he's going to raise taxes. And we have to raise taxes to fund the the new New Deal, right? So the New Deal was back in the old days after the Great Depression where the government basically said that we're going to open up the wallet and we're going to employ people en masse to do massive projects all around the country. They stood up the Works Project Administration They hired a ton of blue-collar workers to go around and do things like build bridges, um, put down pipelines, run electricity, just all kinds of infrastructure stuff, build roads, uh, you name it, which, you know, those things are nice to have. I appreciate having a nice road to drive on, but also at the same time, like, there's a better way to, to get those things done, so he wants to raise taxes, and it's going to be the biggest tax hike since 1993 in order to pay for all this. So if I understand the situation correctly, the government can hit print and print $1.9 trillion to give out this stimulus. But then if they want to fund all of their other little pet projects, they have to raise taxes to do it. It's psychotic is what it is right so if they can just hit print to give us money why can't they just hit print to give themselves money and leave us out of it right we should do that we should have a bill to where if they want to fund anything within the federal government they have to print the money themselves and we're not going to pay taxes right so why do we pay taxes at all the balance sheets are all screwed up at this point it's just a game and it's a stupid game and everybody knows it Right? So, print the money to to give to foreign countries, but if you want something internally, by God, we have to raise taxes to pay for it, because that would be the fiscally conservative thing to do. It's all nonsense. So, they're going to use this money and throw it away, right? Remember those shovel-ready jobs that Obama promised, which none of them were shovel-ready and all that money was squandered? So, that's the model that they're following. So, it didn't work then. It's not going to work now. But, you know, we're going to pay for it. So... Yeah, you got to be really smart with your money, man, because they're coming after you every single way with inflation, with taxes, with taking away your rights and charging you more money for fees and taxes. And it's just it's insane is what it is. And we've got to be really smart on how we're going to counteract this so the best thing i can figure is yeah you need to find a way to spend the stimulus money in such a way where you can get a good rate of return that beats the taxes that are coming and beats the inflation i don't know what that is for some people that does mean crypto for some people that does mean uh real estate or putting it in an ira or some kind um buying land is not a bad idea in my opinion Uh, gold and silver you know if that economic collapse ever really happens the gold and silver is going to be really nice to have there's a lot of different options and you have to think about what's the right one for you but you also have to keep in mind that there's going to be another war coming and it's almost guaranteed the government has been preparing for this for 10 or 15 years so that war is going to be most likely with china so why Well, it's all geopolitics, really. So China is the biggest holder of our debt, which is a problem. But China has drastically been expanding their military presence all throughout the South Pacific, which has been challenging our military presence throughout the South Pacific. And you may ask why we're in the South Pacific altogether. Well, go back to World War II. Well, go back even further than that. So Teddy Roosevelt invaded the Philippines a long time ago. Why? Well, commodities basically right Philippines produce a lot of things we want those things so we basically invaded them same reason we invaded Cuba so the military since then has had a presence so before World War II we had a presence in Thailand and the Philippines and all those little island nations because we wanted to protect trade there's a lot of things that come out of there things like tobacco and rubber and rice and a lot of different commodities China wants that we want that you may remember during the Obama years, there was the um, Trans-Pacific Trade Agreement that was going on, and it was highly classified. So what kind of trade agreement can be highly classified, and why would it be classified? Well, because it was building an alliance of nations other than China all throughout Asia, right? So they were trying to build a, an Asian NATO, if you will. And that was the goal of that, to isolate China, to make it harder for China to trade, to make it harder for them to do business in their own backyard and assure that these countries did not fall under communism, and then ensure that they had open and free trade with the United States, if there is such a thing. That has fallen apart, and China is now moving in on places. So the U.S. military has been preparing war games. And what they do is they get a bunch of generals together, and they have two teams. They have a blue forces and they have a red forces and has nothing to do with communism. That's just how it always was, but it makes perfect sense now. So they sit around and they think about how they can structure these war games in such a way that they can be ready for any possible outcome. And a large part of these war games comes down to how do we protect places like Hong Kong, which they already gave up, Thailand, Thailand. Uh, Taiwan, you know, all of these little Indonesian islands. Uh, People don't know it, but something like 40% of global trade flows through the island chain in Indonesia. And it's one of the most heavily militarized places on the entire planet, believe it or not. And there's all kinds of missiles and bases and artillery. And the goal is to be the person who can shut down trade. Because if you control the water and the navigable waterways through those islands now you control something like 40 percent of global trade so that's a lot of oil that's a lot of food that's a lot of goods so that's really what it comes down to As you go to to taiwan kind of go south through that island chain around the southern Uh, part of Asia, and in towards India, and if you can control that, well, basically, you have the world by the balls, so how do you protect all those islands? Well, the U.S. military strategy is to have an island-hopping campaign similar to that of World War II, which was very, very successful in a lot of ways, but the Chinese also know that, right? That strategy was new in World War II, and it worked well against the Japanese, because we were able to... Cut off supply lines via naval forces, starve the Japanese, then bombard them, then do amphibious assaults onto the islands, and then take the islands, and then put airstrips on the island, and then do it again to the next island. That's the goal. But it's not going to work this time. The Chinese already know it. They have been working on that strategy to defend those islands for a very long time, to seize those islands. America is stretched too thin. There are a billion Chinese. They basically work off slave labor. They have no value for human life. They have complete control of their propaganda propaganda machine in their country. They can work their entire country up into a frenzy. Uh, it's just how it is. You know, it's a communist country, and then you know it's always been that way with communist countries, right? Just throw bodies, but they have more bodies to throw. So while they're becoming more militaristic we are weakening our military some say on purpose but you know it's really just a reflection of society the military just reflects society as a whole it's always been that way so while we're worried about things like gender equality within our ranks of the military they don't care right so as our military is getting weaker theirs is getting stronger and <clears throat> we're stretched too thin we are involved in something like 147 different countries right now where we have some military presence we're still providing a hundred percent security for nato all of western europe is protected by americans right and we still have our entire continent to protect in north america uh not including anything in southern america and then Africa, not including all of our bases overseas in Asia already. So in South Korea, Japan, uh, Diego Garcia, right, Guam, a lot of those Navy bases there. We just don't have the manpower. We don't have the ships. We would need a military, believe it or not, four times as large as it currently is in order to make it happen, right? Whereas China can singularly focus there thoughts, and attention to the strategic goals of capturing Asia, which no doubt with time they will do. So do we even care about all this? Well, unfortunately, we have to. And the reason why we have to is because they control 40% of global trade, and that hurts us bad. Now I'm anti-war, generally speaking, and I, I don't want to go to war with China, but I also realize that if we don't do something different internally then that's inevitable and so how do we avoid war then well we have to do a lot of things and get our own house in order we need to be energy independent first and foremost right so that means oil natural gas uh, that means nuclear power we need to first and foremost be energy independent a hundred percent sometimes that means windmills and sometimes that means solar but the energy is step one If we can lock that down, then we're in good shape. We need to be food independent, right? So we import a lot of food. Well, we need to start growing all of that food here. We can do it. We have enough land. It's not a problem. We need to create our own goods or at least source our own goods from a different country. I propose Mexico. It's close. It's in our back door. We have good relationship with them. That also happens to solve the border crisis that we have, right? And... Mexicans are ready to do work for us. They want that quality of life. And influxing a massive amount of factory work to them can help them. It can lift their country out of poverty, which reduces our tax bill by them coming here, right? Just how it works. So if we can do that, we can starve China of our money, of our trade, then we don't have to worry about maintaining our massive trade network throughout the the Asian Pacific area. We don't have to worry about China wanting a piece of that action. I say we we starve the beast is what we do. And if we can do that, then we don't give a crap about what China is up to anymore, right? Because if we have our own energy, our own food, and we make our own goods more locally, right, with sourcing all of South American labor, just put it on trucks or boats and then send it straight up. We should be focused on North America and South America, and that's it, right? That's our sphere of influence that's our place and we don't even have to do the the 1950s thing of controlling their their governments right it's it's not like that just put amazon factories down there right it's it's easy so if we can do that we can avoid thermonuclear war because that's where this is heading right in a long enough time frame that's where it always ends up because you know if it starts off as a land war and then a naval war and they sink a couple of our aircraft carriers and we blow up a couple of their cities There's no way it doesn't just come down to that. And that's not good for anybody, right? That kind of thing destroys the entire planet. So we can avoid that. So we need to not necessarily look at foreign policy of how do we control China. We need to see about how do we control ourselves. And if we can control ourselves, we don't care about China. At that point, we're purely defensive in a traditional sense of defending our own physical lands. And that's a different story. Totally different conversation than projecting power halfway across the world, right? We need to get away from that notion. And if we can do that, then everything will be a lot better. It won't be fine. It won't be perfect. There will still be problems, right? Because we don't live in a in a magic wand universe where you just shake that magic non intervention wand and everything's fine. But things will be better. And that's how we need to approach this, is getting our own house in order. And the libertarians are primed to offer some of those kind of solutions because Democrats aren't and Republicans aren't. So it's up to us, really, to to start initiating some of those. And we do that at a grassroots level. So that starts with education, right? We have to think different to get something different. The same ideas that got us into this are not going to be the ideas that get us out of this. And that's where libertarians have a, uh, a very unique perspective. And hopefully, you know, some kind of party re-shake-up, we can actually be a force to be reckoned with. The Libertarian Party right now is kind of a joke. If the Mises crowd takes over the broader Libertarian Party, I think we'd be in good shape. Those guys are pretty sensible, have a pretty good head on their shoulders, they understand what it takes to win, and they have a very good philosophy. Whereas the Libertarian Party at large is kind of a shit show in a lot of ways so i hope that happens and i hope that you know we get some new ideas some fresh perspectives we can get away from the globalism and if we can do that then we have a fighting chance but if we can't do that within the next decade i'm not so sure that any of it's going to matter anymore so anyway that's the news for today thanks for listening transmission incoming over Copy that transmission received.